Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I just want to, first of all, talk about my amazing Cowboys. It was another happy football weekend here, but not entirely because Saturdays without college football have begun. It's a sad time for me. I have to remind myself that I get to do so much here in Colorado outdoors. It's a shift. I'll miss football and I'll embrace nature, but I do really hate (laughs) this time of year. I know many of you listening are with me and many of you don't care. So I will move on to talk about something that I think is really important. And I think it relates to a few different things. So I personally am talking about a situation where someone is coming home, returning from rehab for alcohol or drugs. But I think that what I'm going to talk about today could apply to someone coming home from the hospital, someone coming home from surgery, from any type of inpatient stay, mental health, substance abuse, or an injury, really, truly. And I think that when we are on the other side, even, you know, somebody who has been in jail, Really, truly, anyone who has been removed from home, normalcy, life as they once knew it, and they're returning. So for those of us that have been on the receiving end and someone is coming home from, even if it's camp or a vacation, think about where you are coming from. I usually have so many questions. I wanna know all about the outdoor adventures and excursions and the restaurants. And the bottom line is they have been away through an ordeal, even if it's something as simple as just traveling and, and overcoming jet lag and the things that come with sleeping in a different bed and being out of sorts, right? And I think we live in this world that focuses on what we want to know, our questions. How was it? Why did you go? How come I didn't know you were doing this beforehand? You know, why didn't I know there was a problem? I just end up hearing that you've ended up in rehab. These type of conversations happen all the time. And I want to give my three simple but really important tips to people on the receiving end. So to those of you that are not the ones returning from somewhere. So to to what do you say? How do you go into this conversation? And this is coming up because like I said, in my personal life, there's someone I know who was in rehab for substance abuse and people were calling me with these questions. What do I say? You know, they're coming home this week. What do I say? What's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? And so I think this is a really important topic. I think we don't focus enough on the other person and we focus on the things we want to know and the questions that we have and the thoughts that we think are relevant and important and very well might be. 
But the bottom line is, it is not about you. It is not about me. It is about this other person who has been through something, whether it's a vacation or like I said, an inpatient stay somewhere, jail, you name it. So the first thing I want to say is that when you go into these conversations, the most important thing is to have zero agenda, no agenda whatsoever. This person has more going through their mind about what to share and what not to share and how to explain things and how are people going to react that again, I'll repeat, this is not about you. It's not about me. It is about this other person in your life that is coming to you to talk about something and giving them your undivided attention, making it about them and not about you takes away pressure that the world doesn't acknowledge and necessarily know is there. Think about any stressful situation for you, something you didn't want to tell your parents or your boss or, you know, something that might seem silly to someone else. And just remember the turmoil and, and the stress that you go through when you're walking into a conversation that could be uncomfortable. And so they are coming into these conversations with all of that weighing. And the best thing that we can do is to truly be there with our agendas on hold, if you are not capable, I know people <laughs> who this is really, really a struggle for. And you need to recognize that this is for them. This is the gift that you can give. This is how you can make this transition home and this new world that they're entering into, whether it's without drinking or going to physical therapy, right? Going to probation, any of the things that come along with it that we don't necessarily see that they go through. If we put our thoughts and our feelings on hold and just allow them to share what they want to share and to answer what they want to answer. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's truly just about them. And it might not go at a time frame or a pace that you like. And again, not about you, not about me. So that's the first thing is zero agenda. And for those of, for many of us, we can do that. For those of you that it's really a struggle for, that's okay. It's not a judgment. It's just, I'm explaining why it's important to do the work, why it's important to even just put it on hold for the first couple of conversations while they figure out this new world that they're in. And I'm telling you, me, recovering from back surgery, I literally had to learn how to walk, how to do so many things that having someone that just came into a conversation willing to listen to whatever I was in the mood to talk about was a gift because every single movement I was going through was painful. So to have a conversation without stress really, really made me more emotionally comfortable while I'm physically uncomfortable. And those are things that you can't put a price on and people might not recognize. And so that's why I'm sharing that there's so much more that people are going through than we see. And even when we know what it is, we can walk into a situation and unintentionally add stress. So no agenda. The second thing is, I just mentioned emotionally 
feeling comfortable while I was physically uncomfortable. You have to recognize that this is a physical and emotional situation, and it's important to meet people where they are. Whatever this looks like, right? For me, I love hiking and doing anything outdoors, and I couldn't do those things, right? So I needed people who understood and were willing to do things indoors with me, do things that required little movement. I was in a back brace forever. You know, I was in physical therapy forever. And even let's shift that to losing gym, going from being the person who was always out and about, whether it was a concert or a sporting event or a vacation or a hike or something with sassy. I was always doing something and that overwhelmed me when I lost him. And so the people I felt the most comfortable with were those who understood that I couldn't go to those places yet. I wasn't emotionally ready. It was physically and emotionally overwhelming. So meeting people where they are, figuring out what they're comfortable doing now in this moment, not what they did a week ago or a month ago. And again, I'm going to emphasize that this is physical and emotional, right? For me, I just mentioned an injury. It could be changing physical activities, changing the time you spend together because of what they're able to do. But making these adjustments was a weight off of my shoulders. If I had to think of the activities, right? What can I do when I can barely walk? But I also don't want to be Debbie Downer. I don't want to be boring, right? I still want people to have fun and I, I want to do things. So the stress of that decision is one more thing when I'm already going through so much. So imagine, you know, amplify that, magnify that. If we're talking about something like rehab, addiction, that's more than just adjusting to your physical surroundings. That's adjusting to an entirely new style of life right? So the more people we have that can be supportive and offer, hey, how about I come over and bring food? Then they don't even have to entertain the idea of going to a restaurant that serves alcohol, right? Let's take as many stressful things off of their plate. If they suggest it, if that's what they want to do, great. But meeting them where they are, not where you are, and not where they used to be, is something really huge. So the third thing, again, for some, this will be much easier than other, but it's really important to come to these conversations and we all might have so many questions. I'm talking about the first few times you interact with somebody after they've just gone through some sort of an ordeal. Moving, coming out of the hospital, coming out of a substance abuse treatment, any type of situation, coming home from college, there are so many things that involve more than the physical change of location. Going from being in college and on your own to coming home and staying at your parents for the summer is an adjustment, right? So no matter what you're going through, this can apply and it's relevant and it matters because we do not talk about the things we need enough and the things that will help us when we're going through a difficult time. And I think we have all been there. We will be there again. We've had friends and family there. And if there's one or two things we can do differently so that the other person has less stress, 
I know millions of people want to do that and just don't know how. So just to repeat again, the first is to have zero agenda. The second is to meet them where they are physically and emotionally. And third, and these are in no order of importance, but is to come to conversations with your ears open and your mouth shut. And I've kind of hinted around this and talked about it a little bit. We have so many questions. There's, I truly have been in situations where somebody just is out of communication out of the loop for a while and then you find out that they were in the hospital and they went through something major medical or they have had a drinking problem for months years that you didn't know about and we go through all sorts of questions we're human it's not wrong what I'm saying is how do we make this person's transition back into the world that they are nervous about returning to less stressful. And I'm not saying never, ever ask your questions. I'm saying the first couple of conversations, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what we can do to make this person most comfortable, feeling safe, knowing that you are a good support, a good person to be around. Because let me tell you, there are plenty of people who aren't. And that does not mean they are not a part of your life or my life. But it means that there's a lot more decision making and a lot more thought that goes into when and where you spend time with them. And if this is someone you love and someone very important in your life, you need to be a supportive place for them or it impacts the relationship and your time together. So I am not saying you never, ever get to ask, how long were you drinking before it, you know, with how long has this been a problem before you went into rehab. How long were you not telling me? Those are fair questions, not in the beginning. In the beginning, this person has spent time working with a therapist, a doctor, someone about what to let other people know and what is a, a good environment and a good support group to be around and when to get up and walk away. And if they are leaving situations, feeling stressed, feeling on the hot seat, I guarantee you that will be evaluated. They're recovering from something, whether we see it or not, whether we understand it or not. And my nieces are such a big part of my life. And, and it amazes me how much my nine, almost 10-year-old niece understands because she was one when I moved to Colorado. And my biggest fear was that we would not have the close relationship that I have with her older sister. And we are as close, maybe closer, as close. And she truly understands my back. And she doesn't forget. And it doesn't matter how many months go between a visit. She always recognizes that if I sit without something to lean back on, I end up being uncomfortable and she's the first to run and grab a pillow or to switch seats with me or to make sure there's a chair with a back for aunt Sam. And that's huge. No matter what age, no matter who the person is, someone that understands what I go through physically, getting on a plane, traveling, not being in a bed that's built for my back. That helps me. That makes me want to be around her more than people who 
don't care if I'm uncomfortable or not, right? It's pain is not fun. And when it's physical, it absolutely can affect our mood. And so reverse it. When it's emotional, it can affect our health. If something isn't good for us, there are people who react to stress in so many different ways and someone already dealing with something doesn't need more. So I'm thinking of people in my life that this would be so difficult for and I'm chuckling to myself, but it's true. We need to come into these conversations with our mouths shut and our ears open and we need to listen to what people want to share with us. We need to listen to their stories, not our version of their stories, not our version of what happened. We need to put ourselves on hold and our questions and our perspective and be there for someone who has been through it. And I've given a bunch of different examples through this episode. I've talked about a physical injury. I've talked about the emotional loss of losing Jim right? So I've talked about returning home from college after being on your own and then living at your parents with rules and expectations, right? There are so many different scenarios that this can apply to. And if you think about it, how often do you walk into a conversation with an agenda, with a plan, with some sort of idea of what you want to say or how it's going to go? And a lot of times that's great. A lot of times I do that. But in these situations, we need to absolutely take that hat off and let this be about someone else and let them go at their pace and share what they want to share. And your questions might not get answered right away. And you have to understand that this is for their well-being. This is not about you, not about me. It is about this other person. So I wanted to take the time to share that as we are in the holiday season and people are struggling with so many things in so many different ways. There are a lot of people who don't want to share it with the world and who will come to a a holiday dinner or a work event where people don't know what they're going through, what they've been through and having someone with them who knows someone who's their ally, their advocate, their partner, That makes the road so much smoother. And if you have someone in your life that's, even if it's physical, like surgery, like I just said, holding the door, asking if they need a drink when you're going to get something so they don't have to deal with the up and down, little things that you can do to make them more comfortable with you, that goes a long, long way. And that also gives people more comfort to share more. If you can show that you are the supportive person, not the stressful person, they're more likely to give you those answers and to get to a place where they're comfortable saying, do you have any questions? What do you want to know? What haven't I answered? And going at someone else's pace might not be fun. You might have a lot of questions, but I will say it for the last time. It is not about you. It's not about me. This is about someone else. And this is about how we can be there for other people. And this is a way also of showing people how to be there for us, how to be there for others, how to be there for themselves. We do not learn these things in school. These are not lessons that people sit down and share with us. And so I think it's important to recognize how much 
invisible stress goes on when someone is returning from something difficult and has so many people, remember, you're not the only one, so many people asking, right? Even after losing Jim, so many people saying, we're sorry for your loss. It's overwhelming when you really can't even catch your breath and grasp the reality of what's going on yet. So having those people who say, I'm here, we can talk, we cannot talk, we can go outside, we can stay inside, does not matter. That is the biggest gift you can give and the rest will follow because they will become more comfortable. They will not be nervous being around you and then they'll be willing to share those other things and those questions that you have will get answered. So please share this with anyone who's going through it. If you have been listening over the past week or two, you know that I, my back has been acting up and I'm going through it. And everyone who understands and has been so patient, it's taken me a little bit longer to return calls and emails because I'm taking medication because that's what they say you should do. And I don't want to do anything to make this worse, right? I am a good patient. I follow the rules, but it has side effects and it makes me a little groggy and out of it. And I've had to rest in the middle of the day, which throws me off. So thank you to everyone who has been so, so patient and understanding. It really, really does relieve stress when I know I have these people in my life because we all also have the people who don't get it. The people who don't care, the people with deadlines, the people that are go, go, going and not making an adjustment to what we've been through. They exist and they are a part of life. And so the people who get it, the people who are here and who are patient mean everything. So again, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this community. Until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.